The Gospel of Matthew, starting in chapter 2, tells us Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I may go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. As the Christmas story begins, the people featured are notably unimportant. Mary, Elizabeth, the shepherds are all distinctly unspecial. As God comes to them and unfolds this amazing story through their experiences, we see God's intentional choice to align with the humble, God with the beautifully ordinary. As the Christmas story ends, the people featured are notably important. Wise men from outside of Israel have arrived to honor and worship Jesus, the newly born King of the Jews. As God works through their experiences, we see God's mystery. Gentiles? Astrologers? Recognizing Jesus, not once he's grown and done amazing things, but simply upon his arrival. God with us in unexpected circumstances. And the heart of it all, of course, is Jesus, God with us, embodied, ordinary, and mysterious, this baby king. The Magi say they're looking for the one to be king of the Jews, while talking to Herod, who himself uses that title. And then we won't hear Jesus called king of the Jews again, except once more. And we'll get back to that. Now, removed from this story by culture and time, I don't think we always grasp the weight of the wise men's actions. We don't really resonate with showing honor. Lavish gifts now are status symbols of our own tiny kingdoms, not a recognition of someone else's. So it's worth stopping to remember. These men of status and honor took months to travel after a star loaded with expensive supplies. These dignified men offered gifts and bowed their bodies to a preschooler. These pagans showed honor to the Jewish Messiah. And nowhere do we have any indication that they felt foolish or silly. Adoration was simply appropriate. The wise men invite us to experience God with us in adoration. We come to Jesus and can marvel at the intricate details of this story. We can wonder at this child who is somehow God. Wow. 
Wow. We can worship. Note the worth of God. Just by giving ourselves over to wow. Ben Patterson reminds us that wonder is rooted in deep reverence for the God who made all things. And these strangers who seem to almost pop out of nowhere experience God with us and completely give themselves over to adoration, to the wonder of it all. When we talk about this story with kids, it's fun to ask, what present would you bring for Jesus? We give them a piece of paper with a present box outline and a bow on top. And then inside the box, they draw their gifts. Favorite stuffy, favorite game, favorite blanket. After years of asking kids this question, I can tell you, they almost always pick their favorite something. Their wonder comes through as they pick the best gift they could think of. And at risk of falling back on something overly familiar, I remind you, from God's perspective, you are the best gift. Just offering yourself, your actual self, unwrapped, if you will, delights God deeply. And T. Wright invites us to come by whatever route we can with the best gifts we can. That is how we can enter this story, follow the lead of the wise men, experience God with us in adoration. Years later, Jesus would be called King of the Jews again, this time by Roman soldiers. He'd take his place as king, not by sitting on a throne, but by hanging from a cross. And the night before he does, he offers his people the gifts that mark his kingdom, bread and wine, his own body and blood. Our king gives us himself and then hopes that we might respond by giving ourselves to him. Whenever we eat and drink, we remember and say wow to God together. As you come to Christmas, may you have some time to experience adoration. Whether that's a playlist you put on, some quiet time that you take, may you simply enjoy offering yourself to the God who offered themselves to you first. By way of benediction, I'm going to read something I wrote a few years ago at a time when I wanted to come to Jesus as my whole unwrapped self. Christmas is not here to offer a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper-thin layer of twinkle lights. It is not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through piles of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I'll come carry it with you. May you experience God with you this Christmas and always. Amen.